You're listening to Voices Not Victims, empowering you to share your story, eliminate shame, shatter the victim label, and lift up your voice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Voices Not Victims podcast. I am your host, Katie McMahon, and the creator of Voices Not Victims. On today's episode, we are going to talk to Sheila Masterson. Sheila is a Reiki master teacher, past life healer, tarot card reader, yoga teacher, and intuitive coach. She helps clients explore and connect to their intuition and fully commit to self-care by helping clients reestablish their own personal sense of agency. She works with clients who are in transition to bring them back to balance, clarify their purpose, and energizing them with the best way to move toward their goals. She sees clients online for distance Reiki sessions, tarot readings, parties, past life healing, and private digital yoga sessions. You can also find her teaching online courses on tarot embodiment and intuition. I am so excited for you to listen along today. Sheila has unique perspectives and stories she's going to share today, so let's get into it. I know you have a lot of unique roles that you do, being a Reiki teacher, past life healer, tarot card reader. How did you know you had this gift as a past life healer? Yeah, there's a lot of different steps that kind of came in along the way. But basically, I always had this sense of uh, people. Like I always, I just kind of like knew things about people. As a kid, I would say stuff that like, freaked other people out because I just like I just could like sense things about them and so I always had this in psychic worlds we call it you know clairaudience so I always had this sense of like hearing energy or hearing things about people so sometimes I would have the the idea that somebody had like said something to me that they hadn't said. So I would think that they had, it, it would come into me as if I heard it. Like as if I heard them say, I'm an accountant. Um, like I recently had a client that was an accountant and she did not tell me that. And it was not like anywhere on her paperwork, but I said something to her and I was like, oh, well, that makes sense because you're an accountant, right? And she was like, I didn't tell you that. Wow. But I thought that she had literally said it to me. Wow. And it happened a lot. Like when I was younger, it would happen all the time. And people would be like, how did you know that? And I would have to like, I would be confused about how I knew it. Like, I was like, I don't know. Um, and I couldn't really explain it. And, and so I would have to kind of like make something up. I'd be like, oh, so-and-so told me, <laughs> whatever. You know, I would, I would always be like coming up with like these excuses as to how I knew like this weird stuff. But when I went through Reiki training, which was about three or four years ago, and I was always a person, <laughs> despite all of this happening, if you hear energy your whole life, for example, you have no idea because that's been your only experience. Right. So, like, I thought everybody heard the things that I heard and like sensed the things that I sensed. And it would be stuff like at night, I would like lay in bed when I was a kid and I would listen for who was going to like come upstairs next. And I could tell it wasn't by the sound of them walking. I could like I was literally hearing their energy. And so, wow. so it took me until I was literally like 30 years old to realize that that was not normal <laughs> and that like that doesn't happen to everyone. And so that was kind of how everything started. And I was never really into all of that like woo-woo stuff. Like that was absolutely not my scene. I was raised in a really religious, conservative household. So we didn't believe in mediumship or Reiki or tarot or basically any of the things that I do now. Um, it was like all very like on the fringe for that kind of background. And so I actually took Reiki training kind of on a whim because one of the yoga studios that I worked at was offering it. And I was like, that's always been like a little too woo woo for me, but like, I'll just give it a try. So I went and I did like the initial training and I ended up really, really liking it. And I just found it very relaxing and like comforting. And so I had this whole experience of 
with this woman who was already a Reiki master. So she was already basically like a teacher, but she was doing, she was like, oh, I'm approaching this year and trying to have a beginner's mindset. Um, so I'm just kind of going back and, and reaffirming my knowledge. And so the first time she worked with me, she was like, oh, and she was like, you can see and you can hear when it's the right time, you'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, lady, (laughs) whatever you mean, you know, um, (laughs) no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I have no idea what this lady is talking about, but she was very nice. So I was just kind of like, okay, sure. So I did the whole training and then I went back and did level two. And that's when I started having all of these experiences with like the spirit world and having, um, it started with a friend of mine who had passed away. I started having this pain in my shoulder and I didn't know what it was and it would kind of like move all over the place. So sometimes it felt like it was in my collarbone and sometimes it felt like it was in the outside of my arm. And sometimes it felt like it was like deep in my shoulder Um, and so I like went to everyone and was basically like, what's this pain? Like, I can't replicate it. I'm still teaching yoga and doing yoga. And like, I worked out a lot and I did all this stuff and I couldn't replicate the pain. It would just kind of come and go randomly. And then I had this dream where a friend of mine, um, who passed away a couple of years ago was trying to talk to me in the dream and I could see his mouth moving, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. And I started in the dream, I was having the pain like really sharp and I woke up from the dream and I was physically having the pain really sharp. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I like, I woke my boyfriend up and I was like, oh, this crazy thing happened. I just had this dream and, and this, and he was kind of like, yeah, okay, like go back to sleep, you know? (laughs) And I was like, no, something's up. And that was kind of like the beginning of everything. And it's been like a slow, a slow trickle of like weird things happening. So that was kind of like the very beginning and then when I was working with Reiki more I started to have the first time it ever happened with the past life stuff I had a client on the table who was having some fertility issues and I was sitting with her I was talking to her about what was going on and I'd always done this treatment in because I'm trained in two different types of Reiki so the traditional Sui Reiki and also Kundalini Reiki And so I had always done this treatment called the past life treatment, and it was meant to kind of heal any old karma, any old wounds. Um, And so I was doing this treatment, and this woman, she was almost asleep. She was like very, very calm before we did that. And then all of a sudden, it was literally, I could feel something coming in, and I, like I said... It happened in the moment, so I had no idea what was going on, like so many other things that have happened to me. But it was just like, all of a sudden, she just started sobbing. Like, I mean, it was like, she was almost asleep, and then suddenly just tears, and like, like she was taking like deep breaths, and I was like talking her through it. And I was seeing this whole lifetime, and it looks like it was in like Thailand, where she had an abusive husband and she was having a hard time protecting her kids from her husband. And there was no recourse. Like it was not a time Mm -hmm. where you could have like gone out and said like, my husband's doing this. I need somewhere to go. Like she knew that she, there was nothing she could do. And it was this whole thing. And I saw this whole scene and I described it. And I only said to her, the only thing I said was, I'm seeing you having trouble protecting your kids from your husband. And it seems like he's really abusive. And that's all that I said. And So at the end, when she came out of it, she sat down and um, she was like, it was a boy and a girl, wasn't it? And I was like, did you see it? And she was like, no, she said, I could, I could feel it. Like I could feel how much I loved them. She's like, I didn't even know that was there. And that was the, (laughs) that was the first time it happened. And me in the moment, I was just like, oh yes, yes. Sometimes this happens. And in my head, I was like, what is happening? Wow. That was just like my whole experience. My whole experience has been like, oh, this weird thing is happening now. And I just kind of have to take it in stride. So that was kind of like the beginning of it. And from there, it's kind of evolved where now when I'm doing sessions with people, it's, it's so fascinating because usually what comes up is related to whatever issue is like present in that moment. So for example, with that woman, who was having trouble with fertility, it was issues around being able to protect her children. And it's almost like we hold on to like these past lifetimes and these like karmic strings from these past lifetimes, because in our soul feels like it will like protect us from suffering that same pain again. But then we end up causing pain in this lifetime. Cause for example, like having trouble getting pregnant. And I've had a lot of clients like that who are working through fertility issues and things like that, where it's like, 
they either had a bunch of lifetimes where their children were taken away or where they died in childbirth or had complications and stuff like that. So it's really fascinating. And that one is one of the very, that is fascinating. Yeah. It's one of the really fascinating. It's one of the really like direct ones, but there's usually some threads of whatever is going on in someone's life now that's being kind of bringing up some old like karma that needs to be resolved. So yeah, so that's kind of very long-winded way to get around to how this got started. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really powerful. Yeah. And just your journey with it. I can't imagine like having this um, gift inside of you and it showing up in different ways and managing that and using it. Just you describing about the clients you've had um, with childbirth, it sounds really beautiful being able to help someone like that and kind of give them a possibility of having a moment of moving through that. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's like, I always say, like, like people who do healing work, like I, it's shorthand to like call myself like a Reiki healer. And like, I think it's language that people recognize, but what I really like to say about it is it's really about facilitating and like holding space for people to process their own experience. So like, I'm only like facilitating that I'm not doing the healing, like the person is doing the healing. And I think that's one of, one of the things that I love about this work is that it's just really holding space for people to process their own experiences. And especially for things that can be really emotional and really like overwhelming and experiences of like extreme trauma and everything, which I know totally goes um, with what your audience has experienced. Mm -hmm. It's really a way to empower people to start to feel comfortable in their own bodies again and to feel a sense of control and agency and the ability to really participate in their own healing, which is in itself just really powerful and really empowering to the person who feels like a lot of their their agency has been kind of stripped away and, and pulled away from them. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like um, the whole idea of autonomy is very important. And I know I've experienced that we can hold trauma in different places of the body that I didn't even realize I was holding in. So I've firsthand seen the benefits of Reiki, but um, can you walk us through what a typical session might look like for someone who is less familiar with Reiki? Yeah, absolutely. So typically now, especially it's a little bit different with COVID-19, so I haven't been right. seeing clients, That's true. <laughs> but it does work like across space. So, so I have like a distance certification also, which I've always had and always done, but has been really relevant, especially now. Yes. But typically um, what I would do is um, have a conversation with the person when we're getting started. And I always say, and it's one of my rules overall, like with the spirit world, with everything I do, that I never want to know something that my client would be uncomfortable with me knowing. So sometimes I know that there's something there that I'm not seeing, but I'm not trying to poke around in that. Like Mm -hmm. I, I trust my spirit team, so to speak, to let me know anything relevant that I need to know and to keep me out of anything that, that is too private for me to know. So I always have that conversation with people beforehand. So they know that I'm not going to be like digging around in their trauma, you know, that I, I will hold space for whatever needs to come up, but that I won't, I won't push into anything that they're not comfortable with. So usually we have a conversation about what's going on from a physical perspective. So anything that's physically going on with the body, I work with a lot of people also who have chronic pain or um, autoimmune diseases. So if they're experiencing a flare up, if they're having something physically going on anywhere in their body, when I work with people in person, that's even more important because I don't want to touch anywhere where somebody has pain or, or any issues or just as uncomfortable being touched. Um, so I really kind of set set those boundaries at the beginning around physically what's going on and then emotionally what's going on, maybe what's going on with sleep. And I always try to, especially now that I've been working mostly online, is kind of set an expectation for 
what they would like to accomplish with the session. So sometimes people don't really understand what I'm doing, but they understand how they want to feel or like what they would like to get out of it. So it might be something as simple as like, I really want to be able to sleep better, or I really feel like I need a little more focus right now or something like that. Like, I feel like my attention is all over the place. So setting a little bit of intention, and then I would explain how it works for me, which is basically, um, I have two different certifications, both in Usui Reiki and Kundalini, and they're very complementary. So Usui is kind of like, I, I liken it to like this lifetime, our physical body, the trauma that comes up from this lifetime, and then Kundalini, which is more about karmic stuff. So it's about karmic ties to different people or different roles in our lives or past lives. Um, and kind of cleaning some of that up. And they're very complementary. They do really work together. So typically, I start by kind of analyzing someone's aura, which is kind of the energy field around your body, um, and seeing if there's anywhere where things are kind of stuck. And then I check in with each of the chakras. Um, So I, I check kind of how they're moving, if there's anywhere where things seem kind of stuck. And there will be certain themes that are common. So a lot of people get a lot of congestion like around the throat chakra because either they can't speak their truth, they're not ready to speak their truth, especially when we talk about like trauma and how trauma lives in the body. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of science around that too and about the language that comes out of that. But there's also a lot of energetics around like I have a hard time expressing and advocating for myself because I felt disempowered. And so how can you start to get that energy moving? And what happens when we have a block, say, at like the throat chakra, and I don't like to say block, but I say just like congestion, is that either stuff will be kind of getting stuck in the upper chakras, which can create anxiety. So that can create this sense of like, I feel like I'm in a spiral of thoughts and I can't stop worrying about the future. Um, Or it can create problems in the lower chakras, which can be stuff like indigestion or like stomach problems because there's like a lot of energy building up here that's not really flowing. So I kind of check in with the physical body first and kind of work on that. And then I would move to the more karmic stuff. So that's when I would do um, the past life stuff. And I do it based on how the client would like to do it. And most people want to hear it as, as I'm saying yeah. it. So for I know I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. definitely want to know. <laughs> yeah. So, and I always write it down so that I know, and I can tell you afterwards, I think like I always give people the option in case somebody's like, no, I really just need to like kind of zone out. So you can tell me afterwards, but I don't want to know in the moment. Yeah. But usually what I do is I'll, I'll start that part and I'll let the person know that I'm doing it. And then I'll just literally like narrate what I'm saying. Cause sometimes it's very quick. And sometimes it's very linear. So it'll be like, I see you from the time that you're like a baby until the time that you you die. Uh-huh. Or sometimes it'll be, I see you as an adult. And like, these are like the major things that we're hitting on. And it's usually wrapped up in some old trauma that we're holding onto as well. So most of the lifetimes that I see are more like traumatic um, and, and things that like really kind of need to come to the surface and be healed. And like I said, it's usually wrapped up around some sort of pattern that's going on in the person's life at that moment. So if you're like having an issue in your relationship with your husband or your girlfriend, you might be, you might find yourself in a bunch of past lifetimes where um, you were having problem problems with like power dynamics in relationships. So were you forced to do something? Were you forced to marry someone that you didn't want to marry? Like, and there's all these kind of themes that come up in that that are really it's really interesting. Yeah. And what's funny about it is I always I write it down like kind of right after the session, but I'll forget later. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I don't remember any of it because I, it's like a it's like a channel, so it'll go in one ear and out the other. And every once in a while, I'll remember one that was like really intense but a lot of them it's kind of like and I think it's also to help my brain yeah I don't have to I don't have to hold so much at once but it's really interesting so I always write it down and I keep notes for my clients because sometimes we will have like several sessions where people are like working through something you know and like it's like wow we have this this and this lifetime and like we're working with a lot of the same themes through all of this 
but it's really, it's really interesting because a lot of times there is an emotional release where like that client that I had that was like, I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> like, yeah. where it's just like really all of a sudden people are like really emotional or it, like I had the experience the first time I had it done to me of it feeling very physical. Like it physically felt like somebody was pulling a knife out of my chest. And I was like, what is happening oh, <laughs> like, wow. to this day? Even like in everything that I experienced, I'm like always such a skeptic that I was like, oh, this is probably just going to feel like relaxing, you know, like that's how I had it in my head. And then I, and then I went through it and I was like, that wasn't that relaxing at all. You know, like, <laughs> nothing about that was comforting, but it does kind of shift things after the fact. So I see people who are able to make like behavior changes or have things like kind of shift in their lives that didn't before. So I've done, I've done a lot of fertility work and around all of this stuff, especially when you're kind of on the fringes of, of like normal medical Western medicine things, you have to be like really careful. And I never want to put people in a place where I'm like promising something that I can't guarantee. So I always just say like, I'll do my best and I'll try and we'll see what happens. But I have had two clients who have gotten pregnant so far. um, And, and like both of them, it was like, just like weird like weird stuff. Like the first time I worked with the first client, I just like, I knew she was going to get pregnant. I just thought it was going to take a little bit. Um, so I was like, I think, and I actually knew when I wrote it down. I have like a little notebook where I keep like notes to myself sometimes. And I wrote it down the first time she came in. I didn't tell her because I was like, if it doesn't happen, like I'm always like second guessing myself. Right. And so, um, but I did some work with her. And again, it was a lot of lifetimes where there was like this heavy stuff that she needed to move through all around having children. Mm-hmm. She ended up getting pregnant. And then I had another client again, who, who like stuff completely shifted. And she was like, this is the only thing I've done different. Like I, like, this is the only thing I've done different. She's like, I've tried a bunch of times. It has not worked. Like was getting fertility treatment, like all of this stuff. And she was like, it's just like, I know that this was it. Wow. Um, which is really cool. Like I, I love being a part of that, but I also like, I always try to give it back to the person. Like, I'm like, you did that. You know what I mean? Like I was just there for it. Like, I feel like I'm always just witnessing this stuff happening, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and it does, I mean, it's a, it requires, I think a level of vulnerability that can be really uncomfortable to people. So my goal is always to try to set things up to put people in a place where they feel empowered and like they're in control, you know? Wow. That's so powerful. I was thinking too, that must feel like such a burden off of people going through the past life healing and kind of finding out some information. I would imagine feels like a giant weight lifted off of them. Yeah. So that's incredible. I was thinking too, as you're doing that in the different clients you've worked with, is it like a vision that you see with the past life healing or what does, what does it look like? Yeah. So usually it's like almost like watching a movie in my head and it will kind of like, like I said, it's not always linear. Sometimes I can tell exactly where we are. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know where this is. You know, I am truly terrible at time periods. I always think like I should have paid more attention in history class because (laughs) I I probably should have by the the clothing or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know exactly when this is, but it looks like this. And it's really interesting because it, it is almost like a movie. And sometimes I'm having like a hard time keeping up with it. Like I have to get them to like slow it down. So I'll kind of like go from, from beginning to end. And then I do like a little prayer to kind of help release that lifetime, a little like mantra thing. And then I'll wait and see if there's another one. So in, in one session, I might have anywhere from like one to three lifetimes. And every Mm. once in a while, the client will get something too. So like every once in a while, the client will have like a sense of something or they'll hear something or they'll like see something that they're like, oh, I saw this thing. And then as soon as you started talking about it, they were like, whoa, that's so weird. Like, that's like, I saw this like picture basically. Um, so sometimes that does happen too, where it's almost like they're having an experience. A lot of times people feel something. So a lot of times there's an emotional release. And again, people, <laughs> cause I've got a lot of people who are like first time 
like their first experience with energy work or anything like mystical is with me. And they're always like, I really like, don't really believe in this stuff, but like something's <laughs> happening. And I'm like, I know I get it. Like, and, and people will always talk to me like that where they're like, I'm not really like into this stuff. And I'm like, cool, me either. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like I've never been, I had never seen a medium before I was one. I had never been to Reiki before I took Reiki training. Like, it's like, I'm always just like throwing myself into the deep end of all these things. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's so educational too, to hear you describe the different chakras and the benefits of that because I know when I saw a Reiki healer, she told me about my throat chakra and I had a ton of tension in my throat chakra. And that was at the time that I wasn't yet speaking out about my experience with trauma, about my assault. Um, but it was very, it was like a release. I feel like that's a perfect word for it. It's like a release. Yeah. 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 And it is, it is hard because sometimes sometimes you're not ready to, and that tension can still exist. So like, I always have like the methodology of being like, if this is something that's ready to be released, then let's release it. Mm -hmm. If it's something that's not ready yet, then like, let that person be in control of it, but be ready, you know, whenever they're ready. Um, And I think that's one of the things too, because it can also, especially with sexual trauma, it can be a huge challenge to feel comfortable in your body and that shows up in your energy too. So like people will feel like they are kind of like half out of their body, which is like very strange. I've had that feeling too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what I notice a lot is that they don't want to be in the lower chakra. So in the root chakra and the sacral chakra, because that's like where we feel grounded and comfortable in our body and they are not comfortable in their body. And especially with sexual trauma, because it affects the lower chakras. Like there's such a desire to not like come in and like ground down to that. There's such like a level of discomfort with it and like completely justifiable discomfort. Yeah. Um, But I've seen it a lot where there's like a real struggle to come down and you can end up feeling very disconnected or that sense of kind of like driving anxiety that's like pushing everything along because all of your energy is like up here and you might be experiencing things like hip pain and sciatica and like lower abdominal like cramping and stuff like that because there's just like not enough energy getting down there it's so um inspiring and educational to hear about this because I can relate it back to myself and I've always seen the um, the disconnect of the body as certain like psychological terms that I've been taught through medical appointments but hearing it this way too is so helpful because I'm thinking back to like okay I've heard it described that way but this re- I really connect with the way you're describing it right now. Yeah. And I always say like, both can be true, right? Like it can be a protective mechanism of of your brain. And also your energy can be kind of all over the place like that because you just don't feel comfortable. And it is, it is a survival mechanism of the body. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and it's very normal. And I think like every trauma kind of has its own signature. So I've also had clients who are like have been in very serious like physical accidents that are traumatic Mm -hmm. and like the experience of like being afraid that they were going to die is traumatic. And then also the experience, especially for men, the experience of like recovery where somebody else is taking care of you and where you're not like what our society considers to be like the definition of like a strong man Mm -hmm. is like almost more damaging than the accident itself. So like, it's very interesting the way these different, levels of trauma imprint in people's, you know, physical body and energy in slightly different ways. But like, I can always recognize them, you know, because there's a sense of like, hypervigilance around all of them, where it's like, (laughs) everything's like spinning extra. Like, it's like, I'm trying to be super aware of everything that's happening around me. So wow. Is there any like, day to day practices that you would recommend if someone is experiencing um, difficulty grounding with the lower chakras, like, is there anything people can do day to day to kind of 
help that? So I'm, I'm a yoga teacher, so I'm a huge proponent of yoga because I just think it's a really wonderful way to get into your body. And I am also trauma certified in yoga. So I, I'm also familiar with, like you're saying, like all the scientific pieces of it and everything and PTSD recovery. But I think what people what people don't realize is that like, there's a lot of ways that people have studied in like a clinical setting that are very effective, but like, you really need to find where it's effective for you. So like, it's, it's probably personal and like yoga is great. If you like yoga, you don't have to do slow yoga. You can do power yoga. You can do like some crazy kind of yoga where you scream and stuff, like whatever it is that makes you feel more connected to your physical body. Um, because the more you can do that, the better that you will feel overall. So whether it's like running or dancing or doing ballet, like whatever it is, anything that will get you into your physical body, even if it's only for like 20 minutes, a half hour, you know what I mean? Anything that will kind of bring that energy back down is going to be helpful. And not that I'm like a proponent of this necessarily, but there are things like even stuff like it sounds very simple, but like eating, drinking alcohol can be very grounding. Like I always say, which like I'm not being a proponent of people being (laughs) or like eating themselves to death, but like, that's like a very grounding thing. And if I do something where I teach or like do readings like all day, the first thing I do when I get home is have like a very like heavy meal and like a glass of wine. It's not really about like getting drunk. It's just about like, it kind of like brings me back down to earth when I feel like my energy is like way, way up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for a lot of people who have experienced that kind of trauma, it's finding a way to connect to your physical body that is outside of that experience. So whether it's like, I'm going to do couch to 5k, or I'm going to do this bar class or Pilates or whatever, anything where you're having to be (laughs) again, more physical Mm -hmm. is a really good thing. And even stuff like, um, like weighted blankets and stuff, which like sounds so silly, but like, it's a very simple thing or, um, soaking Mm. your feet, like taking a bath, things like that, that really kind of pull you into like physical body, even showering, like, um, can be very like, it's a very physical experience. It can also be really challenging for people who have had sexual trauma to be like in that kind of experience. So it's not always like the most helpful thing for them, but, um, but things like that, or, um, but it's you good. Know, headache. It's good yeah. to hear too, that if there is one activity that might be more challenging, that there's kind of an array of things that someone could approach to help them with that. So if one thing doesn't work, there's always other options too. Yeah. And I think that's important is because a lot of times when we're talking about treating these things, it's almost like kind of the medical industrial complex is like, let's just treat everybody as if they're the exact same. So like everybody should do trauma-informed yoga. And I think trauma-informed yoga is wonderful, but I also recognize that it's not for everyone. And if you hated yoga before your experience, you're not going to suddenly like it. um, And I'll tell you, you will probably especially not like it because it's very hard to tell someone who is having that experience of like hypervigilance and really like amped up energy to just like sit quietly. Like that's not, it's not going to fly, you know? Um, so I think like any way that you can kind of physically do that, if you like to be outside, you like to hike on your own or with friends or whatever. Um, that's also like a really great option because that can very much, especially when you're hiking and stuff, you have to be very aware of your feet and the ground. Yes. And like, it sounds very simple, but it, like you have to be kind of in that moment where things like climbing can be very helpful and like very focused. So your energy is very focused the whole time. Even if you're doing it at one of those gyms or something, like you're kind of getting to this place where like you can only focus on what's right in front of you and you have to be very physically in your body to do it. Yeah. So Yeah, that's so true because... I'm thinking about the times I go hiking and it is like feeling your body on the weight of the earth and that sensation. And two, it's promising right now while we're all in the midst of this pandemic that you can still go hiking and that the activity, you know, it still applies. So it's not a big group gathering. That's something that can definitely happen. We talked a lot about Reiki and yoga and all those good things. 
I did want to ask a little bit about um, the tarot card reading. What are people usually seeking when they come to get a reading? Yeah, so most of the people that I work with are kind of in a couple different situations. So everything kind of boils down into a couple different buckets. But um, I work with a lot of people who are basically going through various types of transition. Usually, um, I do a lot of career work. So I do a lot of work with people as they're kind of trying to figure out next steps in their career path or feeling like a sense of dissatisfaction. One of the things that's been interesting about this pandemic is that I think it's been really confronting for people in terms of where their values were. So a lot of people are reevaluating how much time they want to spend working, what flexibility is most important to them. And it's almost like I feel very much like I'm giving people permission and again kind of like holding space for them to have the experience of hey I want to do this thing that's different and I'm really scared about like what the outcome is going to be so a lot of those readings look like there's a couple different options and we kind of look at which one looks best and what to expect because sometimes the answer is like right now isn't quite the right time to shift careers, but like in three months would mm -hmm. be like a really good time. So maybe right now what you're doing is like preparing your resume and like reaching out to different contacts and seeing what else is out there. But it's really mm -hmm. about trying to kind of give people direction. And I read from a way that is, I do have some like predictive abilities and I, I will kind of look at stuff like that and see different things. But what I'm really trying to do when I do these readings again is like empower people to make the best decision for them. So I would say like, I never want to put people in the place where the cards are making a decision for them, which I think is a lot of what's shown mm -hmm. in like pop culture and stuff is like the cards are telling you what to do, yes. but it's more like the cards are telling you what each experience would be like so that you can make the best decision. So I don't ask like, should you do this? Yes or no. I would ask like, what would you experience if you did this versus what would you experience if you did this other thing? You know, because mm -hmm. frankly, if you think something is your dream job and then the cards say no, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> like, yeah. like you, you're going to be like, why? You know, yeah. I, I want to know what's going on with this. Um, so it's a lot of career work and helping people find like some clarity and some insight on what the path forward looks like and where they should be really putting their energy and attention. But basically what I'm trying to do whenever I do these readings is really empower people to make the best decision for themselves. And so often what I feel like I'm doing is confirming something that the person felt, but was like, they were like looking for like permission to feel it or to, to see mm. it, you know what I mean? So they might not have been yeah. like upfront about what they were thinking or feeling, but it's like, I say the thing and they're like, I knew it. You know, like it happens all the time. They're like, I knew that's what I should have done. I just like was not yeah. trusting it or it didn't make sense because that's a lot of the stuff that I see as like, people who seemingly have great careers and really enjoy what they're doing, but just like don't feel fulfilled and they like can't figure out why that is, you know? And then we start to look at it and they're like, oh wait, like that's why I'm not feeling fulfilled here. Like I really need something that focuses on this. And I've been thinking about, you know, maybe like going to grad school for this thing, but it sounded crazy because I have a good career, you know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of how it works. And then I also do, um, I teach tarot, which I teach as kind of like a tool for like self-empowerment and really connecting with yourself. And I really come, I come from the background of having um, some childhood trauma. And so what I've found about my experience of reading for myself is that it really helps me connect in a moment where I'm having like really severe anxiety or having some like hypervigilance where I can suddenly kind of connect to the cards and be like, okay, like this is what I'm feeling right now or this is what I really need right now. How can I give that to myself and how can I give myself permission to feel that way or to ask for this kind of support? So I really teach it from a way of like reflection. And what's amazing about mm. tarot, especially when you're reading for yourself, is that it forces your brain to interrupt like the pattern of anxiety. So you can't stay in anxiety and retell because you yeah. the second you give yourself something to look at and then reflect on and you have to like come back to what does this card mean in this moment for the question that I'm asking 
you instantly shift yourself out of the cycle of like, I'm not going to make enough money this month. And, and then I'm going to have to go back and get a corporate job, or I'm going to have to get two jobs or like, you know, whatever that anxiety cycle is that you get to interrupt yeah. it right away. And really it's like a, it's a psychological thing because it forces you into top down and bottom up reasoning. So you can't stay in that same cycle, um, which is really cool because it, it immediately interrupts that, that same sense of like going into this like anxiety spiral, um, and really forcing you to be focused and like take a breath, which can be so hard. And especially for people who have had that experience in childhood, like your brain is physically different, which I think a lot of people like don't realize is that when it happens during your development, your brain can't handle anxiety in the same way that like people who have had experiences when they were older can, because your brain is physically different. So the goal is really to elongate the space between the experience that you have and your reaction. That's kind of like the best you can do because it gives your body time to catch up. And so what tarot does is it kind of like interrupts that process. And that's part of the reason that I was so like drawn to it to begin with. And I wasn't seeing anyone who was kind of teaching from that perspective because I think a lot of people teach like you have to be psychic or you have to have like all of this experience. And like, I truly believe that everybody is intuitive and that this really helps. I teach it as a way to kind of empower and tune you into like what's going on with your own body, Um, which can also be really helpful when people are kind of moving through trauma and trying to find ways to like re-empower themselves. So yeah, so that's kind of like how I how I do things um, and how I've been working over the past, it's like been like uh, 14 months or so. Um, and I was doing it on the uh-huh. side before that, but it's been a full time for, for 14 that's months. That's amazing. And yeah, it sounds like you are validating for people what they're already feeling and giving them a chance to kind of validate it and know that like it's okay. To feel that you're like, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And then what you said about the anxiety spiral, I feel like that's so prevalent after trauma is having that anxiety and having the spiral. I know when I went through um, like PTSD therapy, they talked a lot about spiraling and how it can be so fast to spiral and knowing that that's another technique to interrupt the brain's pattern to kind of bring ground you yeah. yeah is awesome to hear I had never heard tarot explain that way but that's so powerful to have it used that way yeah and I was really fascinated because I wasn't really when I first started reading again like because I have the gifts that I have I was just kind of like seeing stuff in them and I wasn't really aware until I was coming to my deck when I was having like that kind of anxiety and stuff that I was like, oh, wow, this is like really effective in like helping me deal with this in a way that I wasn't really coming to my deck looking for, but is really like potent and really powerful. And with tarot on its own, it's, you know, it's usually a deck of 78 cards and they all are archetypes of different human experiences. So they're all things that, that we can relate to and experience. And they all reflect things about like what we're going through in the moment. And that's one of the other reasons that it's so powerful because when you have this other language, it becomes a little bit easier for you to like articulate these things too, because especially, um, and I'm sure you know, because you've been so focused on this, but like, especially when it comes to trauma, having the language to explain things is really, really challenging for people. And it gives it gives a language and an understanding to things that is hard to access when you're trying to just pull it out of your yes. own brain. You know what I mean? Yes, I could yeah. see that because from my training and what I've learned, there's a lot of stuff stuck in the lizard brain. And so getting it mm-hmm. out to a place of articulating and talking about it can be so hard. So it's so fascinating to hear this. I, it was also making me think, because I think... I wasn't super familiar with tarot and I was wondering, and maybe other people will wonder, do certain cards carry more meaning or it sounds like it's kind of about your um, self-reflection 
how does how does that work yeah yeah so it's it's really interesting so there's um 22 cards so 78 cards total in like a traditional deck and 22 cards are the major arcana cards and they're kind of like the heavy hitter okay. cards so they're kind of like the major human experiences that we all have at different points of life so it's things like you know birth and rebirth and death and healing and um patience and like all of these different like major experiences and then there are all of the minor cards that are kind of like the smaller more everyday experiences so they do kind of carry different weight and stuff like you're saying but also it's very personal when you learn tarot because as much as the cards kind of have like a universal meaning it's more important to establish like your own Mm. meanings for the cards um so you might have a very strong connection to one of the suits so there's four different suits so maybe you have a really strong connection to the suit of cups and you feel like you're a very emotional person and you really like connect with that whole suit and you feel that like sense of creativity and emotional connection to other people. And so you really like connect with those. So when those come up, you feel very at home. You're like, yeah. But when maybe like the wands come up, for example, which are really about like fire and passion and trying to like express things, maybe you feel less comfortable because you're more comfortable being like a little more introverted Mm -hmm. and a little bit more like controlled in your own space. And you don't really want to talk about those feelings and stuff externally. So it's funny because like, I think a lot of people have this idea that there's like good cards and bad cards, but it's really we are all very individual. So what you struggle with might be something that's my strong suit. And what I struggle with, you might be like, oh, that's no problem, you know? Um, So it is very individual. And because of that, I think that's part of the reason why it is so empowering for people because they're like, oh, wait, like this is my experience of this card. And I don't, I don't need anybody else to be involved, especially when you're reading for yourself, you know? So it is really, it is really cool. And that's part of the reason I really connected with it. And like I said, I just kind of started doing it and then realized that it was having that like secondary effect of like stopping my anxiety and like that spiral that I kind of get sucked into very easily and giving me a little bit more time to process um, each experience, which is really cool. I I had originally kind of had that naive thought of, oh, like this card's good and this card's bad. And I think that if people don't know a lot about it, they could fall into that kind of thinking. So it's nice to hear a little more in depth on the meaning behind all the cards in the process and how that works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not your fault. I mean, it's also, like I said, I was raised in a very, like, conservative, religious environment. So, like, tarot <laughs> cards were, like, the devil, you know? So it's it's a little bit of that. The cards themselves don't have any power. Like, the yeah. person has the power, um, which I think is, like, where a lot of people get it wrong. And then also um, how it's yes. portrayed in pop culture and everything is always like <laughs> some like old haggard lady draws like the death card and that means that the yeah. person's about to die you know so that's why like I have people where I draw the death card now and they're like oh. and I'm like it's not it. the death card is a really good card and like yeah. it's gotten such a bad rap over time and it really irks me because I'm like this is a really good thing I'm like you just told me that you want to leave your job and change careers like the death card is the card you want it's about like getting rid of the stuff that's not working for you and kind of it's almost like reinvention like reinventing into something that does work for you so I wanted to kind of ask you do you have any workshops coming up in the near future any um like courses or events or services that people can look into Yeah, so I'm actually, um, I haven't even, this will be the first time I've talked about it, but coming up in August, I am, the very beginning of August, I'm launching a course um, on embodying the strength card, which is actually, um, it's the card for Leo season, which we'll be moving into then, Um, and I'm a Leo, so it's like one of my favorite cards, but um, it's also a card that's very much, and part of the reason why I really connect to it is it's about it's about standing up for yourself and also making these things that are like a part of our trauma that have kind of been like this scary beast that we're like afraid of. It's almost like taming that beast to be something that can be 
constructive and like a part of our life that is not so scary and it's just like a thing that is true about us and it really it's funny because like I've had probably been planning on doing this forever when you reached out initially and I was like oh this is actually perfect timing because this course is all about kind of like reclaiming your power and using that kind of sense of resilience that you can kind of bring out and the course is basically it's it's a little bit of lecture and then we usually do like a a yoga practice to help ground and then we do a guided meditation and journaling and it'll all be online and so it's really nice because having that we do like a couple different practices of bringing that sense of like power into the body and like that sense of like feeling confident and it's one of the things that can be really challenging for a lot of us and especially those of us who have experienced trauma but that's one of the reasons that I've always really connected to this card because it's kind of like how can you take that fire and that terrible thing that happened and that reaction that you want to have when you feel triggered and instead turn it into something like powerful that can help like improve your life instead of you being like a victim of this, you know? And, and it was like everything that you told me like about this podcast and like what you're trying to do. I was like, this is crazy. And I always say like, I always have to like trust the universe because there's always something like weird going on where I'm like, okay, I guess that's happening now. So I, I'm really excited about that because I feel like it's like, it's so perfect for what you're trying to do here with like this voices, not victims and, and really like reclaiming your power a little bit. And what I love about this type of work is that it really does bring it into the physical body, which like we've talked about, it can be a hard place to be when you are going through that. And I feel like it really kind of pulls people into a place of feeling very, again, like with the strength card, strong and like powerful and able to advocate for themselves better, which is like always what we want to be trying to do. Um, So that opens up in the first week of August. I have a wait list now so that people can hop on that. So they'll know right when it comes out and it's just a shorter workshop. So it's like a pretty small investment and it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited about it. And then I also have um, just something that I have like free for everyone that I'll share with all of your people is my, I call it my empath sorting meditation. So especially for people who have experienced trauma and sexual trauma can have this sense of a lot of other people like being in their space and being in their energy. And so I was meditating the one day and the whole like script basically for this meditation came in and it's basically about starting to build the boundaries around your energy and recognizing when you've picked stuff up from other people and slowly like starting to clear it out. And so it's just a 15 minute meditation um, that I have for free and I'll share the link and everything for that with you so people can download it and try it for themselves. But it's really helpful, particularly if you are in the middle of any kind of case and you're kind of pursuing things to kind of like do it before you go into having to like testify, God forbid, or like be involved in something to really kind of get you into your own space and then to do afterwards. I also say it's wonderful for people who are going to be around family that have complicated families or high maintenance families, which has been happening less with COVID, but can like, I always say like, this is a great one for around the holidays. (laughs) I I always make sure to share a lot around the holidays because it kind of helps you reinforce boundaries, which can also be a big challenge with family systems and stuff too. Again, kind of helps you to recognize your own energy, which is also really helpful for people who are recovering and really kind of getting to this place of feeling more confident in their own bodies and having a greater sense of like agency and control over things. Yeah. And I feel like even with COVID, if people are struggling to have boundaries while we're all like kind of at home together and it's a little more like 24 seven around the, you know, the people in your household. And if you're kind of creating space for yourself amongst that, also amongst the chaos of pandemic, um, that's been really important right now. Yeah. To be able to um, have those boundaries and create like a bubble around yourself to not take in all of that. 
Exactly. And that's like the whole reason that I set it up because especially for people who are really compassionate, it can be really, and I always say for other healers too, I'm like, whatever type of healing you're doing, it can be really hard not to take on other people's stuff. So that's like part of the reason that I use it a lot. As much as I don't like listening to my own voice, like I'm like, I, I really appreciate being able to like peel away what's not mine because I have a tendency to really sometimes like take other people's stuff on and anybody who's like very empathic and very like connected like that will feel that way at some point you know I've definitely felt that way I've had to learn to create my own bubble and not take it in because I I used to like absorb it and it can be really overwhelming if you feel like that and then are recovering from trauma yeah Yeah, but that course sounds excellent, and what good timing for that during this to have an opportunity um, to do that. Even virtually is great because people can feel safe in their own homes, but participate and have that connection and time to create space for themselves, so that's really exciting. Yeah, and I also, so I've done a couple of these different workshops like that on different cards, but with this one too, because like I said, I am a Leo, so my birthday is in August, I was like, oh, I really want to have like an element of this be like an energetic birthday party. <laughs> so, so there's actually um, a new moon right before my birthday. Uh-huh. So I think it's the 19th of August. One of like the bonuses of, of the doing the courses that I'm going to do like an online like Reiki healing circle. So we'll uh, kind of set like a little intention for ourselves and what we want to cultivate kind of moving forward from what we've learned in the course and how we want to kind of empower ourselves moving forward. And then I'll do like a little Reiki healing for like the whole virtual circle of people, which I'm like so excited about because I really, I've been missing that sense of like community and connecting with people in that way. And I feel like it's a safe and, and trauma informed way to kind of connect with people without people feeling pressured to be either physically closer than they want to be or like really outside of their house at all, which I know has been tough on a lot of people. That's really awesome. I did have one last question for you. Yeah, I wanted to let people know how they can get in touch with you. So any social media that they can reach you out, website or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So I am the same on pretty much everything to keep it very simple. Um, So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Star Sage Spirit. And that's also my website. It's just starsagespirit.com. And people can book online. Like I said, right now I'm only doing online offerings. So um, either distance Reiki or tarot. Um, And then on my Instagram and Facebook, I share stuff. So I actually do different things for the full moon and the new moon. And I also do little how-to videos on different things for people who are like brand new to tarot or learning about energy work. And I share different stuff every week on my blog. So, um, so I have a lot of different stuff going on there. And and sometimes I pop in and do live video and stuff too on Instagram or Facebook. So yeah, and I would love to have people and love to hear about people's experience, especially with the meditation or, you know, with the course, I love to hear about like how people experienced it and, and what it was like. And obviously I never, I never share anything that anybody's not comfortable with me sharing, right. but it's always really nice to hear how things work for people. Cause sometimes it's not exactly what I envisioned, but they're like, Oh, I do this every time, you know, I'm going on a date or something. And it's so helpful. Like, I feel like it keeps me like true to myself or whatever. So I love hearing about people's experience and I'm always trying to to help people with my own experience too. So it's really cool to see how people kind of take it and make it their own. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. This was so educational, so amazing, so insightful. Um, It's making me self-reflect a lot. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And also thank you for um, sharing everything the way that you're doing and putting this podcast out because I know how many friends I have who have been through similar experiences and could really use an outlet and somewhere to kind of go and listen to these stories and really kind of step again into that sense of empowerment. So yeah, so thank you so much for having me.
So if you like the content in today's episode, please rate and review this episode, share it with a friend, and check us out on Instagram at Voices Not Victims, Twitter at Voices Not Victim. I know, it's really annoying. Someone else took the username with the extra S. And consider joining the Facebook group at Voices Not Victims. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Stay tuned because we've got some really awesome people coming on in the upcoming months, including nonprofits, survivors, and social justice groups. So please hit subscribe so you can get the latest information on all of that, and we will see you next time.